Wow, that is one of my favorite songs right now. You guys like that song? Who was it? Who did? Who? Uh, who is that? If they want to download it, Elevation. Elevation. Elevation worship. Go ahead and grab a seat in the room. Uh, Elevation worship. I think so did that song. It's a good one. So good. What's up, Cam? Hey, how's it going? Good. Good to see you. Good to have you up here. Yes. You guys know Cam? Yes. So Cam. Uh, <laughs> Cam. I. You know. I've been. Uh, around the country a little bit and been on a couple different church staffs and Cam is one of my favorite hands down. He is one of the best associate pastors. Uh, and Thank you. I, don't, I don't mean that in like a, an associate, he's one of the best pastors I know and I love Cam. I'm so glad he's on our team and I'm excited to uh, have him apart today yeah, in this place. I love it. I, and I get to serve with Matt, and, and that is incredible for me to be walking through ministry with Matt. And for us to team up like we are this morning yeah. on the vision of McDowell and where we're headed and where God is breathing life into this community, which is so exciting. And we get to talk about one of those things today. Which I'm pumped about. Yeah. Okay, we're going to have a little fun today. You guys ready for a little fun? <laughs> Okay, just remind your face that you're having fun. That would help us out a lot online. We want you online uh, to use that chat bar that is to my left and your right. And I know some of you, it, when you watch it on your big screen, um, you don't have the chat bar. There's some ways to do that with YouTube. I can't help you with that. I just don't know. But there's some ways to still watch the chat if you want. But we want you chatting online. And we actually have it pulled up online so that we can see, uh, like right now, Julie, you see? Yeah. Margaret Keith, Charters. Keith and Bev. And Christina Wilman. And Simon are on. She even said she's ready for fun. Ready for fun. Are you ready for fun? She is. Christina, I'm glad you're ready for fun. So here's the question of the day. We always ask a question to try to get to know each other. Now, I know it's tougher in this place to, to talk because the, the distancing, physical distancing, but the question that we want you to think about today has to do a little bit with community. And here's the question. If you could spend the next week, you have the next week to spend with your closest five to 10 friends, anyone that you choose. Now, we don't want you to name names right now because that could hurt feelings of the person sitting next to you um, or the person not sitting next to you. So we're not going to name names. But if you could spend the next five to 10 days with someone, where would you go? Where would you choose to spend the next five to 10 days? Now, here's what we need to have some fun in the room is we need you to talk to us. Okay, you're close. Three of you got it. Where would you choose to go? Come on, go ahead. Hawaii. So There's a couple I, for Hawaii. I heard already. Hawaii already. Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Um, someone said cruise. I heard someone say cruise. You're the only one that's going to be on the cruise. So it's like this huge ship uh, with just like six to ten people, which is awesome. What else? Who else? Rhode Island? Deserted Island. Oh, Deserted Island. I thought you said Rhode Island. I was like, that sounds awesome. Nothing can get in. No one can get out. <laughs> what else? Vegas? Okay, Vegas. Montana. Some good answers. Someone's like elbowing because he said Vegas. But hey, if you can't be honest in church, where can you be honest? Am I right? Can I get an amen? Okay, thank you. Where? Somebody uh, said Sedona. Germany, um, beach, you know, yeah, some cabin in the woods. BVI on a sailboat. <laughs> What's BVI? 
Oh, British Virgin Islands. Oh, oh yes. good. That's yes, awesome. yes. D Post, D and Marty, and they're in Colorado, I believe. Uh, that's a good one. A sailboat. Uh, where we could get cool weather and rain. I knew you were going to say that. Cooler weather and, and rain. If, as long as the kids are taken care of. It's all good? Yeah. yeah. Good community. Yeah. yeah. So I've never been here, but I would like to go to this, this space with some of my closest friends. You all are invited to go. I've never been to Banff. But I hear Banff is just gorgeous. Anybody ever been to Banff? Um, yes. Yeah. I, but I hear we can't go right now because we can't, the border, like it's a little crazy, but let's like take that out of the mix. And I think that's where I'd go. Uh, big, the, the big idea here though is, and I want to see if we would agree both online and in the room. If you, if you have a week to spend with five to 10 of your closest friends, does it really matter where you are? Does it really matter? Like if you're with your people, if you're with your people, does it really matter the location that you're in as long as your kids are taken care of and everything is good? It's just good to be with other people. And that's what we want to lean into. And when today. you envision that, yeah. like if you just envision it for a second, think about being somewhere with five to 10 of your closest friends. It's probably at a table. Eventually. Eventually. And it's like hanging out. And what's the richness of it is, is the conversation and the ability to really connect. And people that you can trust, people that uh, aren't going to judge you for what you're, you're wearing or, or anything like that, it's, it's the people that are, are closest to you. And, and that's community. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, last week, we're, we're going to pick up the story where we left off last week. And we want you to, we want you to interact this morning. Uh, we're we're going to kind of create a, a, a big, small group in the room and online. So consider this a big, small group. Are you with me? So big, small group. We're going to have some conversation. And uh, just to catch us back up with the story that we were in last week, we talked about that original explosion of what was the church, ecclesia. You remember that, that Greek word, Ecclesia, and there was a bit of an explosion as it began in Acts chapter 2. Uh, ecclesia, say Ecclesia. And you can even say it online, wherever you are, just say Ecclesia, Ecclesia. It's, it's that, that idea, the concept is a gathering or an assembly, or my favorite translation is a movement of people. There's something powerful about that. And if you remember, Jesus said uh, that, that he's going to build his church, and even the gates of hell will not prevail against this movement of people, the church. Now, come on, somebody. If, if the gates of hell cannot prevail against it, it means the church is on the move. The people aren't just sitting in rows listening, but there's something about this gathering and this movement of people that is pushing hell itself back, and hell cannot prevail against that kind of movement of people. I love that idea. Now, uh, this is interesting to me. A little bit of history. We didn't talk about this. I'm going to throw some history at you. I had a couple, a couple of you every now and then when I throw history, you're like, I love it, more history. And others are like, I'm sleeping, less history. So whatever, you know, whatever it is for you. But quick little history. William Tyndale, do you know that name? I do. William Tyndale, who began to translate the Bible. And this was a, a, a powerful, powerful thing for the world because the Bible in many ways was controlled by the power of the church. Many of you would say the organized church, I don't know if I, I like an organized church. 
Um, I would say it's better than a disorganized church. But anyway, uh, I don't like the organized church because power always goes wrong. And the church in that day uh, was, was controlling people by not allowing the Bible to be translated into the language of the common uh, man and woman of, of the day. And so William Tyndale began to translate it. And what's interesting is he translated the word ecclesia instead of translating it to church, which remember was a place he actually translated it congregation, which moved back to the idea of it's a movement of people, an assembly of people. And you know what happened to William Tyndale because of this? Anyone? <laughs> you can go do some, some research. He actually was hung and then burned at the stake because of the translation of the Bible, which was unbelievable. He was just trying to get it back to the people. Um, anyway, last week we said this, coming out of this, I don't just go to church, I am the church. And I don't need to ask the question, you know, how is the, you know, what is the church doing here? Like, whatever I do, however I respond, however I choose to love, that's how the church loves. That's how the church responds, because we are the church together. Even online and virtual settings, we are the church. Anyone who has claimed that Jesus is king is a part of the church. We're a part of the movement. Um, and where we're going to go today, and Cameron's going to le- read some scripture for us, where we're going to go is this idea that walking out the faith might be uh, inspired or encouraged in a large gathering like this, right? Walking out the faith might be inspired like we saw last week in Acts Uh, where teaching takes place, but it's almost always worked out and developed. Faith is almost always worked out and developed uh, in the context of healthy Christ-centered relationships that are in smaller gatherings of the church. Are you with me there? So the smaller gatherings are where our faith is worked out and developed. And what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to look at the next part of the story in Acts chapter two. You going to read this for us? Sure. Yeah. Um, And if you want to look in your Bibles, you can look in your Bibles. It's Acts chapter 2, right below uh, verse 40, so 42 and following. You can go back and read it later. If you've got your digital Bible, you can have that digital Bible with you. uh, Or you can take pictures of the screen because we're going to be up there as well. So uh, let's let's look at the the, the Well, I think this is pretty cool because, you know, God has this plan to change the world. Yeah. And then he leaves. And the disciples are left to figure it out. Yeah. And this is what they do. Yeah. And, and I think this is... This and you remember, he said, wait until the Holy Spirit fills yeah. you. And then the Spirit fills them, and that's when yeah. this takes place. This is yeah. so cool. Um, by the way, you're, you're kind of like, if this is a small group, you're kind of like the, the group leader that's really well prepared. I'm trying to let go of, <laughs> of the leadership of the group right now. Yes. We need you to talk. Some of you are like, are we really going to talk? He's yeah. just going to talk the whole time. This is one of those... In annoying- a normal group setting, we, by this point, we would, you know, have some more interaction probably. Some of you are like, this is why I don't go to groups. It's people <laughs> like Matt. They just, they don't shut up. They just keep talking. Okay. Uh, but scripture, let's, let's, let's turn to Acts chapter 2, and it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And then verse 44, All the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. I mean, just think about that sharing everything that we had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those who had need. 
They worshiped together at the temple. You know, where are you going to gather with that many people? They had to gather at the temple each day, but they also met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and with generosity. And all the while, praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. I, I love that. I love that last line. Like when the church is the church, now stay with me. When the church is the church, the church, the people, the gathering, the movement of people enjoy the goodwill of all the people. Now, the world may not believe what we believe about King Jesus. The world may not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. But when the church does what the church is supposed to be doing, the world looks at it and goes, now that's good. I may not agree with what they uh, believe, but whatever it is that they're doing is good for the world at large. Are you with me there? Yeah, there's something good about when the church operates. So great question for us to talk about as a group. Yes. And I'll, you know, yeah. No, you're good. What activities? <laughs> I'm like the nagging person in the group that's like, come on, let's, let's get on with we'll it. We'll do that. Like, yeah. like, get us going. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. Are we going to eat? Is there a meal yeah. coming? <laughs> anyway, uh, what, activities, what activities do you think that we just read from had the greatest impact on the church, the people, and the community at large? What do you think of, of those that we just read? What do you think had the greatest impact? The Spirit, yeah, the Spirit working in them, and what, as they, as they walked that out, what do you think in those? Generosity. Ooh, generosity, that's a good one. Mm. Generosity. Yeah, well, I, I, I think the commitment, for me, like when I read that, like they devoted themselves, they were committed to doing this every week and every day, I mean, opening yeah. their homes, and that kind of commitment, of course it's gonna foster strong relationships and community, because it doesn't, doesn't matter. We're, we're just going to do this no matter what. And I think, you know, in our culture, we sometimes have a trouble with commitment. Yeah, yeah. And commitment leads to that generosity of saying, because I'm committed to you and I see something that you need, I'm willing to sacrifice something on my side in order to, to bring about good in your life. And that is not a common thing in our world today, is it? To say, you know, I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice something in order that you might have something more or, or meet a need that you might have in your life. And that's the most, one of the most powerful things. Anything else? Uh, loving each other, prayer. Right yeah, yeah, prayer. Loving each other, that commitment, that generosity. The sharing and meeting needs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the meals, sharing meals. Here's a list. Here's a list of some of the things that took place. There was scripture and there was teaching that took place. That's, that's powerful. That's important. Uh, it's not the most important thing. It's a part of what the church is. And here's what I believe. Now, this, this is a dangerous statement to say, but I believe most of us are educated well beyond our activity and behavior in life anyway. Most of us don't need more teaching. We need to open ourselves more to the Holy Spirit because it's the Holy Spirit that then transforms us to be more like Christ. And most of us are educated beyond our behavior. Ooh. Yeah. I, I didn't think that would get an amen in the room. Because <laughs> that I'm says something you. about ourselves. I'm with you. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So we taught, we taught a Greek word last week. Let's teach another Greek word. Okay. Sounds good. You got it? Alelon. Alalon. 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 Alilon. Alalon. 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 Anybody know this Greek word? Alalon. Some of you are like, are they making this up on the spot? <laughs> Alalon. 
it means the translation that we have in our Bible is each other or one another. Mm. And I just take a guess how many times this shows up in the New Testament. The New Testament are the, the letter, like the stories of Jesus and then the letters written to the early church, the followers of Jesus. How many times in the New Testament do you think this word, alelon, shows up? 62. That's a really That's good really guess. Close. Somebody went to seminary. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bible school. Um, any other guess? I heard 60 something. 75, 84, I think it's, it's between 90 and 100, depending upon like which uh, original Greek you're looking at, between 90 and 100, but in this context, the context we want to look at it, um, at least 55 times this shows up. Now, if something shows up 55 times in the New Testament, would you think it's important? Yes, because this is the working out of the faith. And so alelon, which means one another or each other, uh, is the working out. We are to do something with one another, for one another, um, each other. All of that's really important. And it really starts with Jesus when he said, I'm going to give you a new command. Do you remember this? I'm going to give you a new command. What's the new command? Love one another. Yes, the new command is to love each other, one another. Alelon, love alelon, one another, each other. Alelon, can you say alelon? Alelon. Ecclesia, the movement of people. Alelon is that, that one another, each other, where that faith is worked out. Now, we were talking this week about this phrase um, that I, I think is a powerful phrase. And, and this is where, you know what's funny? in the room right now is when I look around the room, like I see people that I know and I look and I smile and their face isn't moving at all. <laughs> and, and I'm like, why isn't your face moving? And I'm like, oh, it's a cardboard cutout. Like, uh, <laughs> it kind of messes with me a little bit. Yeah. We have these card, if, if you're not in the room, we have these cardboard cutouts, which you can still purchase one. It's a great way to see you in the room if you're not ready to come back. But it really messes with me right now. Anyway, what were we talking about? Um, a squirrel ran through the wind. Did you see a squirrel? <laughs> <laughs> this uh, concept that, and I, and I want us really, if wherever you've, you've been, been going, like lean in just for a second. Uh, many people in our world today talk about three kinds of poverty. When we hear the word, word poverty, we usually think of material poverty. People in certain places, undeveloped nations in the world, and so there's this poverty, this material poverty that we see. But in the world, it's the most they, visible. It's the most visible, yeah. yeah. But there's three kinds of poverty that, that many people speak about. There's the, the material poverty, what we see. There's spiritual poverty, so a, a lack of um, feeling a sense of worth or purpose or connection with God, if there is a God. And then there's a relational poverty. Now, I want you to maybe write down that word or, or maybe snap a picture of the concept, the word relational poverty. Uh, you said something yesterday. Uh, we were texting about this, and you, you said something about we're the most connected generation. How did you, you said that in a yeah. powerful way? Yeah, well, I don't remember exactly. I could probably pull out my phone, <laughs> but, but I, I do think that we are the most technologically connected culture ever. Yeah. And you think about the rise of technology and social media and screens that we can be connected to people across the world, yeah. but we are relationally disconnected. 
we are relationally isolated yeah. and we are in a hyper individualized society where yeah. that's promoted that I've, I've reached success if I can drive into my house and not have to talk to anybody. I can drive through and not have to interact with anybody getting my groceries or I can buy everything online. And it's like the pinnacle of success, yeah, you yeah. know? There, there's been this, this rise of information uh, flow and connectivity. And you know what's interesting is with that rise of connectivity has been a rise of loneliness. Did you know that? that loneliness is, is, is an epidemic in itself, mm-hmm. especially in the moment of an epidemic, a medical epidemic, the loneliness of, of people is off the charts. And many of you have been talking about it, mm-hmm. that you feel isolated, you feel alone, even though you can connect, even though we can connect. And it, the technology is awesome in so many ways. The fact you know, if, this, if what is going on today would have happened 25 years ago, so many churches would have fallen apart because there was no way to connect. But we've had this powerful technology, but that same powerful technology can lead to isolation. Connectivity can lead to isolation. And in that, it can be destructive and damaging in our lives. Can I get an amen? Yeah, it, it can be destructive. So let me ask you a question, and you can talk back again. Um, what causes relational poverty? What do you think causes relational poverty in our world? With kids, it's been really bad just having technology and to, they get totally focused and they don't learn how to communicate with other people. Now, this is a great point, is that with kids, so technology has, has drawn kids in at a level, they may, they may communicate online with one another, but they don't learn to communicate face-to-face with people, right? Yeah, that's, that's a great one. What else? I, I heard something else. Fear. Fear. Yes. Uh, we even put this one down because I think this is one of the, uh, the strongest. The idea of commitment is a difficult thing because fear creeps in. Um, have, you know what FOMO is? <laughs> the fear of missing out? Commitment becomes pretty difficult in our world because we have a fear of missing out on something that's better that is offered to us. Has anybody ever done that? Have you ever, I'm just kidding, don't raise your hand. (laughs) All of you. I'm not gonna commit to Sunday morning because someone might offer me breakfast at snooze and I wanna go there or someone's like, that's a real thing, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it's the fear of missing out, commitment. There's another one though. yeah, comparison. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like this is huge because when you s- begin to compare um, your experience versus maybe your expectations or versus somebody else's experience, it, it, it basically leads to a discontentment yeah. that and no matter what kind of community I have, I can't appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I'm always looking at what everybody else has. And... This is interesting, too, because we've been talking about technology. Everybody puts their best self on social media. And when that happens, there's this comparison of my worst self to their best self. And I will never be satisfied in a relationship with other friends if I'm continually comparing what is worst about me. Because we do do that. We think, like, man, I would not fit in in a community because of these things. And you you won't if you're constantly comparing that to a utopian ideal of what 
community is, yeah. which does not exist. Well, and, and to take that a step further, sometimes we, um, because of that comparison game, we continue to wear a mask that is not true about ourselves for the fear of being rejected mm -hmm. by the other. So a group, a small group like this one that you're a part of, look around you. Look at all these small group people that have gathered this morning. Um, there is a fear at times if I say, for example, Acts chapter 2, and some of you have grown up in church, and you know exactly what I'm talking about, Acts chapter 2, that's in the Bible, it's a book, uh, it was written by Luke. There's others in the room who have no concept or context for what I, what I mean when I say Acts chapter 2. And it creates this fear of, if I'm honest, that I don't even know where to open my Bible to, or I, like I don't even know what Acts is. It, it creates this fear in us, even in a smaller group setting than this, that I'm just not going to be honest about it mm -hmm. because I'm embarrassed or I feel like I'll be rejected in this setting which is the, the, I mean, the last thing we want to ha have happen in this context or in small group context. Well, yeah, and it's like, you know, I, d I don't know that I want people to know how angry I was this week. <laughs> or yeah. I love when, when uh, Jeremy Dixon said, when I kicked the dog, you know, or whatever, yelled at the dog, or, you know, I drank too much. And we think like, oh, I, I have to protect myself from other people knowing that about me, when really community is the one thing that can actually bring healing and, and relief from some of those things that you have the power of the me too. I, you know, like I've experienced that too and I'm working through it. Yeah. And instead we, we, we individualize ourselves. Yeah, yeah. And um, so yeah, one of the one another's. So I, I'm just gonna give you a quick list of some of the one another's in, in, the, in the Bible. Listen to this. I have some Bible, this isn't me like just speaking out of something in my head. Like I have this, this app where I can just type in a Leylon into it and it gives me all the instances. So don't think that this is just, like this is brilliance of great software. Um, so Jesus says, love one another or love each other, that this is the greatest uh, commandment. Uh, in Romans, uh, we all belong to each other, so love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Live in harmony with each other. Stop condemning each other. Can I get an amen, somebody? Yes, try to build each other up. Um, live in complete harmony with each other. Accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. Teach each other. Greet each other with a sacred kiss, but not during pandemics. <laughs> Romans 16 was not written, just wear a mask. Is that, le no, don't do that either. Okay. Um, greet each other, care for each other, um, stop fighting each other, share each other's burdens. Now listen, in this large setting, we might be able to learn about each other's burdens, but it's extremely difficult to share each other's burdens when we're just sitting in rows right? Now, some in this room are experiencing incredible difficulty and challenges in their marriage. And if we're not in a smaller context to walk that out, then it's difficult for us to share one another's burdens, right? In parenting, some of us have incredible challenges right in front of us, and sometimes we have this fear about being honest about, hey, my kids won't obey me right now. I'm not talking about my kids, kids in the room. Uh, uh, my kids won't obey me, right? I, I don't know that I can control my kids. 
Um, I don't know that my kids are on the right path. Like some of us have these like, oh my goodness, but if we never share this with others, it's tough to, to carry these things. So share each other's burdens. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Be kind to each other. Don't lie to each other. I mean, isn't this awesome how many of these each others and one another's? And listen to James. Um, James says this, confess your sins to one another or each other and pray for each other that you might be healed. I, hear, I heard a pastor the other day say this. I love this. That you can confess your sins all day to God and you'll probably keep on doing it because you'll keep coming back to him and receive the love and grace of his open arms. But until you confess your sins to one another in a safe, healthy environment, you may never find freedom from those sins because you just keep doing it. But once you are in a loving, Christ-centered environment of healthy relationships, you can confess your sins and find healing. It's the power of the 12-step program. But it's not just for 12 steps. It's for all of us. Hey, listen, all of you need 12 steps. And you're supposed to say, you too. <laughs> I know, I do, I need it. Anyway, so you get the idea, right? Uh, Don Miller, I, I love this quote. Um, Don, Don Miller wrote a book called Scary Close, and he said this, sometimes the story we're telling the world isn't half as endearing as the one that lives inside of us. So many of us are telling a false story about ourselves because we think that's what other people want to hear. But the truth is that the, the true story that lies deep within us is much more endearing. Mm. Even though it's messy, even though we have fear about letting it out, it's more endearing than the one we're making up and the mask that we're wearing. He goes on, uh, shame caused me to hide. And that's a problem because the more we hide, the harder it is to be known. The more you hide, the higher that uh, relational poverty will rise in your life, the disconnect that you're experiencing. Okay, so we're gonna jump to what do we do about this as a church? How do we walk this out as a church? What, what's important for us? Sunday morning gatherings are vitally important. Um, I love uh, Craig Rochelle, who's a, a pastor friend of mine from, from Oklahoma City. Uh, I love what he says. He says this, that you are one community away from changing the course of your destiny. <laughs> You're one community away. Listen, you're also one community away from ruining your life. So choose your community well. Choose your community well. You are one community away from changing the course of your destiny. I love that. So where are you one anothering one another? Wait, what does that mean? What, where are you one anothering? Where are you working this out in your life? And uh, Cameron, you and Don have been working extremely hard on this piece of yeah. us as a community. Yeah, because, you know, in the, in the reality is that it, we, we, what we can do is create environments. We can't create a perfect community, but that's what, and especially with COVID-19 and the pandemic, you know, it's been increasingly hard. So we, we've created some environments. We still have some spots online for re-engage. Uh, so if, if you are not wanting to be in person, but virtually, uh, we have great uh, version groups. We have a version group starting specifically for couples uh, that we're excited about. We've created some I groups where people can connect via Zoom. Uh, the women are doing ruthless elimination 
destination of hurry. The men are just about halfway through that, and it's been awesome. So the, the couple's you version, that's being yeah. led by... Blaine and Beth Olkers. Blaine and Beth. This is an awesome group for some of our couples who just want to step into the Bible. There's going to be a reading plan. And, and where can we find all this? Yeah. Like all this, these. This is mcdowell.church slash groups. mcdowell.church slash groups. Oh, it's right there. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. Uh, it'll be worth your time. And, I know it was cheesy, but come on. Yeah, you didn't even get a laugh. Let's do it. Yeah. You can put a awesome. swoosh with a cross on there, the Christian version. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> anyway, so, so good. If, we well, go, and, if we go to this page, yeah. this is what it looks like. So mcdowell.church slash groups, and here's, here's what it looks like, the yeah. page. This is what you should find when you type that in. And there's two different things that you can click. Tell us about yeah. those two different pieces. So the group's interest form, you can click that and just let us know what kind of community you're looking for. And everybody's different. And, and not everybody can do a deep dive. Sometimes we just need to wade into the water a little bit. So we have activity groups. We have a, um, a, a fantasy football group. You know, there's some There's cool a fantasy football group? There's a fantasy football group. Sweet. Yes. Uh, bash each other and then pray for each other. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. but, but there's some great ways to just get your toes wet, so to speak. And, and so if you let us know what you're looking for, even though you may not find it on the find a group, uh, just let us know and we can try to connect you with a few other people around the journal, um, just talking about Sunday sermons, um, just talking about like, man, what is relational poverty? Do, do I have that? Do you have that? Let's, let's, let's yeah. talk about it. And in this moment, I think a lot of us feel some of that relational poverty, even if uh, we wouldn't say that's the reality of our lives, that we feel some of that relational poverty. Um, just a couple quick things he mentioned, uh, version couples, there's also a version men's group, there's a version women's group if you're more comfortable online, but we also have some in-person groups that are meeting. And so if, you, if you're looking for an in-person group, if you're ready for that step, we have some of those groups uh, available. I know we have an online group uh, of re-engage that we have like two or three spots for couples um, still available. Our, our re-engage, which I am so excited about, this marriage group is like almost completely full in our first attempt at it. And so some of you who feel um, Maybe you'd like to jump in, but maybe you have kids and so you're not able to be here in person. That online option for re-engage might be the best option for you. So that's all online um, as well. What are a couple of the other, uh, women's, yeah, uh, women's Bible study, Wednesday mornings, Monday night, Monday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night. Um, yeah, we've got um, pretty much any day of the week that you wanted to do something. We have a group yeah, yeah. you could yeah. be part of and uh, men's, men's Bible studies, Wednesday morning, Saturday. Saturday morning, yeah, um, and then and then life groups, which is where you know maybe you're not sharing a meal together yet, but going through the journal with other people in our community, and that's those are my favorite because that's that's where I've experienced the most uh, community and relationship and friendship yeah. in, in my life. Yeah. So Jesus says, "I give you a new commandment," and here it is: love each other. We can't love each other if we're not with each other. You know what I mean? And we can be online with each other, so I'm not bashing online, that, that's helpful. But 
We need to find opportunities. And all we can do, all Cameron and Don can do is create some opportunities. You have to make the decision. I have to make the decision whether or not I'm gonna take a step into community to be vulnerable, to open up, to be honest, and, and find in that uh, some encouragement from some others, some support from others, some love from others, some teaching from others, all of those pieces of, of the one another's in each other. Are you with us? Yes. Ecclesia Alelon. Alelon. I wonder what next week's going to bring. Would you stand with me? Uh, we're going to sing one more song together here in the room. And so good to have you wherever you've, you've gathered. God, we thank you for community and relationships. And we pray that your spirit would lead us and guide us to continue to step into true, honest, authentic community. In Jesus' name.